This episode of Geared Up is brought to you by National Car Rental. Take control of your travel experience with National Car Rental's Emerald Club. Visit nationalcar.com to find out more. It's time to get geared up with GeekWire's weekly tech and gadget show. Here are your hosts, Todd Bishop and Andrew Edwards. It's time to get geared up from GeekWire.com in Seattle. I'm Todd Bishop. I'm Andrew Edwards. Every week we dive into the world of technology, consumer electronics, gadgets, video games. Everything. If it plugs in or has a battery, it's fair game here. That's right. And this week we're going to be talking about McDonald's, among other things. McDonald's, one of my favorite subjects. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Plus the Nintendo Switch. We're going to talk about the first week results, which were very promising for Nintendo. Absolutely. The Amiibo which Mm -hmm. uh, Andrew's going to lead us through. They're sitting here on the table in front of us. Uh, Plus Pandora Premium, a new offering from the radio service. And so lots of stuff to talk about. Yeah. So let's let's just, be starting with let's here? just jump right in. Let's talk about the Switch. This okay. has been a, a recurring theme of the first weeks of Gear People Up. like this thing, yes. obviously. Yes. Right? So we, we've been noticing that the shows where we cover the Switch, leading up to the <laughs> Switch, have been very popular. And that spoke volumes for actually how it performed. So Nintendo sold in the first week of, of availability for the Nintendo Switch 1.5 million consoles. Which is quite a bit oh, worldwide, yes. especially when you compare it to the overall live-to-date sales of the Wii U, its right. predecessor. The Wii U has been out for just over five years. and has what was it been that long? Five years! Wii U, five years. What was the figure? Was it roughly 13 million, Roughly right? 13, so... All right, so one week, 1.5 million, versus five years, 13 million. Roughly thirteen and a half million, like so, roughly ten percent. Yeah, ten percent in, in the Wii first U. week, and and they're hard to find now. And I, what that says to me is that Nintendo sold them all. They sold all the ones that they made because you can't just walk into a Target or Fred Meyer or a GameStop and just pick one up today. They're gone. So you know they sold everything they made, which is crazy. For people who haven't heard about the Switch before, for the two or three people out there, it's <laughs> Nintendo's new hybrid console. It's a yes. tablet that essentially docks into your TV, uh, becomes a portable player, multi-mode, $299. Right. Comes with some great titles, uh, very interesting features, including some detachable Joy-Cons. Yep. And some Amiibo, which we're going to be talking about later. Doesn't come with them, but yes, it works with them. Yes. But yeah, I just thought that was a pretty interesting, like it's a huge, you know, big leap ahead of what the Wii U was able to accomplish, especially in the first week. So, um, yeah, I don't know. So, what about were you one of the 1.5 million though? That is not, what I was. Wondering. I have not purchased it. What's yet. happening? It's not not yet. I got to get to it. We got some events going on. By the way, I should point out the reason all our TVs are gone is we've got the Geekwire Bash tonight down Geekwire in, uh, Bash down in uh, south of downtown Seattle, and so all the TVs are being used uh, for video games in part there. I think FIFA is one of the games that nice, are nice. going to be played with some Seattle Sounders are going to be there playing oh, that's FIFA. Cool. Yeah. Okay. What is the Geekwire Bash for people who don't know? Geekwire Bash. I'll be there tonight. Yes, it is quite possibly the biggest geek carnival you've ever seen. We'll mm. have about 1,700 people out at the Bash. Ping pong, foosball, dodgeball, giant tournaments. Dodgeball. Yes. Wow. So uh, that's that's going on. Video uh, games, tabletop games. I saw some yep, of that as exactly. well. Settlers of Catan. So uh, I'll be uh, I'll be there Snapchatting and Instagramming away. Nice. Okay. Looking forward to that. So on the Nintendo Switch, mm-hmm. do you feel like this is a guaranteed success for Nintendo at this point, or what do they need to do next? I think so. So um, they definitely made all the right steps so far. Um, the one gaffe that I found is that, and that others have found as well, is that the left Joy-Con has a harder time staying connected than the right one does 
The right one has no no problem at all. The left Joy-Con will lose connectivity with the Switch um, periodically, and it's it's a little annoying. So it, it looks like that's one thing they have to like figure out maybe through a software update. Um, but aside from that, like they've made all the right steps, and I think really what it's going to come down to is releasing games at a steady cadence. So we can't have, you know, Zelda came out at launch. We can't go, you know, nine months for the next big game. And, and they've said many times they're aware of that. That was the mistake of the Wii U, actually. If you look at the Wii U's library of games, there are actually some really great games in there. But the problem was you'd have these huge gaps that, you know, you'd have the console for six, seven, eight months and nothing, you know, important would be released. So Nintendo is now instead working to release a big game every one to three months. So something major. So Super Mario Odyssey is mm-hmm. coming up? It's coming this year. Uh, wow. So that's got to be like the next big one after Breath of the Wild, right? Yeah. So they've, yeah. So Breath of the Wild, um, next month is Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which, you know, that's not as big as a standalone Mario game, but it, it like Mario Kart is a huge franchise. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, to have to launch with, again, it's still rated as the greatest game of all time. Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. So you launch there. You right. start with basically what people it, are saying. In your the best. view, in your no, view. no, no. Like everybody agrees. So that there, it's the there, greatest game of all there's time. There's four websites, kind of like Rotten Tomatoes, but for video games. Yeah. Where they, they is bring it Metacritic? In. Metacritic is one of them. Yeah. But there's there's three others. I don't forget all the names of them. But on three of the four, it's rated number one of all time, and on the fourth one, it's rated number two of all time. This is the new Legend of Zelda: the Breath one. of the Wild. Yes. Wow. So, so you you it, it's very much in line with what, what yeah, your yeah, feelings yeah. were after Definitely. playing the game. Definitely. You've still been playing it, right? Yeah, I've been playing. I've been playing it daily for roughly. Like between one and three hours a day, just depending. Like I was, I flew to Austin, Texas, and I played it the entire flight both times, um, there and back. So that's like a five-hour flight. So I played it. I've played it quite a bit, and I feel like, I feel like you know, I'm maybe twenty-five hours in, and I'm not even like twenty percent through the game. Like it's, it's just massive, and there's so much to do that distracts you from the main storyline. Right. Um, and it's fun. So it's just, it's, it's, it's great. It's great. So yeah, Nintendo. As long as they keep releasing, you know, quality titles at a steady cadence, and um, have third parties doing the same, which so far they do. So companies that are not Nintendo also releasing great games for the Switch. Um, it looks like, you know, that's all they need. Like, if they keep that up, it's it's fantastic. Because it does live up to the promise. It does live up to the promise that you can play these great games on your TV like any other console, and then you can take it with you, and you get the same experience. Like, I'm playing on an airplane, and it doesn't feel, aside from the size of the screen, doesn't feel like I'm, you know, losing anything. Got it. So good momentum for Nintendo there. I'm yeah. looking forward to trying trying those other games out hands on the the Mario Kart game and then mm-hmm. Mar- Super Mario Odyssey, Odyssey later on. So so you're gonna buy one or no? Yeah. Well, I'll I'll let you bring it in you're not, and then I'll try it out. <laughs> so you're not committing. You're not committing. <laughs> you know, I have a really hard time finding time <laughs> time to sit down and game. I'm much. Right. I become much more. And maybe that's to the point of this console. Maybe I should get that's it because it's, yeah. it's it's mobile. Right. When you're out there biking with your helmet on, you just bam, you have that going as well. You saw, you saw that back here. Okay, good. All right, let's <laughs> let's move on to our next topic. The iPad. Big mm. rumors this past week yeah. that there's going to be a new round of iPads yes. much sooner, perhaps, than people thought. Yeah. Well, I think, actually, people did think it would be in March because Apple has typically had an event in March every year, the spring event, where they launch these new iPads. But what's weird this time is there's been no invitation to the press to come out to an event, and let's see, today's March 15th, Yep, they usually give about 10 days of lead time. So it's just kind of weird, like, are they going to release these new iPads in a press release without an event? People aren't really buying iPads. I mean, they still buy iPads. iPad is the 
by far the best-selling tablet out there. But in terms of Apple's numbers, the iPad keeps selling less and less year over year over the past few years. So is it not at a big enough product to warrant its own event anymore? Are they just going to release it through a press release? Um, one of the big rumors is that there's going to be a new size, 10.5 inches, and that this one is going to actually be a bezel-less iPad. So they're going to have the... So back to this rumor again. Yeah. Although it's been with the iPhone previously, right, now, right. now the, the idea is without the, the border Without the border. It. So basically you'll have a 10.5-inch iPad in the same body size as the current 9.7-inch iPad, but with it taking up the entire footprint of the front of the display so that the whole thing is just display, which sounds pretty cool. But if it's some, it's, it just seems to me if it's something new like that that we've never seen before, that does warrant some sort of event rather than just, hey, press release, here's a new iPad that's totally bezel-less. Like, that seems kind of weird. I don't know. So if the invites don't go out in the next week or two, it sounds like, then the this rumor is kind of thrown up in the air. It's, or they right. could just announce it in a stealthy way. It's, right. That seems very anticlimactic. It I does. Mean, the iPad is still a flagship franchise, even though, as you say, the, the sales are not one th- what they once were, um, at least not the sales growth. So at this point, you would think that they would still they would still come out with a big event. I mean, Right. I would hope. Yeah. You would One would hope. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm hoping that we see an Apple event uh, sometime before the end of the month. But um, if not, it does seem like we will see iPads in one way or another before the month is up. Okay, good stuff. All right, that is the new iPad. You are listening to Geared Up, and we will be right back after a break. All right, welcome back to Geared Up. I'm Todd Bishop. I'm Andrew Edwards. We are talking about the latest gadget and technology news, and that brings us, of course, to one this of p- our favorite places to eat. <laughs> to, to this place. <laughs> I ch- McDonald's. I actually have this totally changed my tune on McDonald's because my daughter loves to go here. Okay. To the point that it's not very healthy. <laughs> and so I like Well, it's I- not very healthy if you go there once. So let's just make that clear. <laughs> yeah. So but you know, they have the play place and you yes. know it's been a long winter in Seattle, so you're always looking right. for creative ways to do it. This is like the last resort. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that said, McDonald's had some interesting technology news this right. past week. They are planning mm-hmm. to enact their own mobile order ahead service. Yes. So Starbucks essentially pioneered this. Okay. Have you, have you tried it? At so Starbucks? I don't drink coffee and okay. I am so I'm not a big fan of like star like any of those places cuz I don't drink coffee. Yep. Have you used the Starbucks yes, thing? How I does have. that how does it work and so, it, does it work well? Yes, it does. And uh, you basically get on your phone, you can order just like through an e-commerce experience. Okay. And then you press a button, it's ready at a nearby Starbucks, you walk in. And cold? you pick it up. No, it's it's like, and if, the other thing they do is they actually time it. So they have a sense for when you might show up and wow. then, then they actually time it. And that, that, that at least is the way it works with some of the delivery they've been doing in Seattle. Mm-hmm. But it always seems to be hot because okay. they've also been partnering with Postmates on delivery. Mm. But here's the thing that Starbucks has found. It's actually been too successful for them. They've started saying they're going to have to reconfigure some of their stores because what will happen is people are lining up in long lines at the pickup place oh, wow. as opposed to the, the order place in the uh-huh. store. And so Howard Schultz has come out and said, we're going to have to start when we when we redesign our stores and when we reconfigure our existing stores, right. uh, we're going to have to start doing something different. Yeah, I mean, doesn't that make sense, though? Like to me the whole thing about waiting in line and then speaking in order to a person and then typing it in and then like that's the yes. waste of time if i can just do that in an app especially if i order the same thing all the time i can just press just order this thing that i always order that 
is the time saver. So and it why wouldn't I want to do right. that? It remembers what you ordered. Yeah, too, why wouldn't so I want to do favorites. that? Yeah. So, so McDonald's is doing this, and they're actually already running a test. Oh, really? Yeah. So actually right here, well, not right here, but in Spokane. Spokane is one of the two cities where they're doing this right now. Road trip. Should we go over there? Yes. Four-hour drive. <laughs> Over to Spokane, we can order now and drive to Spokane <laughs> and see how their sensing technology works. Is it going to be hot when we I get there? I didn't realize. So it's being tested in Spokane. Spokane is one of the two cities that is testing this. So basically, you would use your app, order whatever it is you want to order at McDonald's, and they will they will basically monitor where you are. So you give the app permission to track you um, just for the duration of the order, from order to pickup. And they'll geofence a certain area around the store. So when you get in that geofence is when they'll prepare your order so that when you arrive, it's hot. And this is just the beginning. Like, it's not that we're big fans of McDonald's. Maybe we are. Maybe we're not. (laughs) But this is where, I mean, I think things are going to go. We all have these smartphones, these supercomputers that can track us, that can allow us to send things like this, orders to stores. Like, I, I imagine it's happening for not just, you know, places like McDonald's and other fast food entities, but, you know, grocery stores and things like that where you just put in what you want and you go pick it up and it's ready for you and you leave. Yeah, yeah. So that's McDonald's. I, I do think that we should check it out. Okay. I might We might send a reporter over there. <laughs> yeah, please do. I mean, that'd be great. I want to know how it's working. All right. What do we got next? Pandora Ooh. Premium. Okay. You're a Pandora user. I am. Okay. So Pandora Premium is Pandora's foray into, I don't know what you want to call it, because they do have Pandora Plus, which is $5 a month, which allows you to listen ad-free with unlimited skips. This is Pandora Premium, which is just like whether you want to look at Spotify or Apple Music or Napster or Google Play Music, basically 33 million songs or so that you can access on demand anytime you want, um, unlimited. It's not just radio, it's on-demand music. What do you think of that? Ten bucks a month. I, it feels like it's about five years late. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, I am a big Pandora user, but I'm also an Amazon Prime subscriber. And I think everybody who would be a very early adopter of something like this, or oh. even a, a, an eager adopter of it, has already done something else. I, I just feel like Pandora is grasping at straws here. Okay. Um, so let, let's to, to take that back. I don't know how many paid users Spotify has. I heard, I saw the number 100 million floating around. I don't know if that's paid or just total. Um, but that's 100 million. Apple Music just passed 20 million. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's 120 million. And those are probably the two largest ones, I would think. I don't know how many Google has. I don't know. How, okay, so there so it is. 30 million out of the 100 million are paid. Okay, so 30 million paid. As of last June. Apple has 20 million paid, so that's 50 million. And then whatever the others have, like Tidal, yeah. Spot, um, whoever else. So when you look at it that way, that's not a lot of people. There's still a large group of people who that's true. are not subscribed to paid music. And the thing with Pandora is you're looking at it right here. 81 million monthly active listeners. They've got a big They user can tap base. into that yeah. um, and get people listening. So the difference with Pandora Premium is supposedly um, Pandora bought RDO what was it, two years ago or so, RDO was actually my favorite oh, really? music service at the time. I was super disappointed that they were buying it and shutting it down because RDO was great at the social aspect. Mm. So I could see 
you know, what's trending with my friends? And I could send, you know, hey, this might be interesting to this guy. Let me send it to him and message it to him right through RDO. It was it was almost like the Zoom. Remember the old Zoom music service? Yes. It was so good. I think if they didn't brand it as Zoom, it would have been something. <laughs> but um, I digress on that. I got but, a funny uh, Zoom story to tell you. I, okay, I don't good. want to sidetrack you, but go ahead. Good. So, so here, Pandora is saying, when you open the Pandora app with Pandora Premium, it is much easier for you to just get to music that you like. Right. They already know what you've liked because you've been doing it for years, thumbs up, thumbs down. So they have that. Um, and then they have the whole Music Genome Project, which knows, you know, if you like this, then you probably like this based on everybody else's thumbprint. And so when you open the app, you can easily just hit play. Like, open the app, hit play, you're listening to stuff you like. If you want to search for other things, you certainly can. But when you hit play upon opening the app, I think they call it the endless playlist. It'll just keep playing music, and it'll just keep going until you tell it to stop, um, which the others don't have. Like, they'll have a set playlist of, like, let's just say, 30 songs, 20 songs, 15 songs, you know, 100 songs, whatever it is. And then at some point, you have to go in and pick what else you want to listen to, where Pandora's saying... We're taking that work away from you. You can still do the work if you want to, but if you leave it to us, we'll just make sure you're always listening to music that we think you'll enjoy. Okay, you just convinced me that I at least want to try it. Ooh, okay. They are going to have a free trial. Yes. So you can do the 30-day, oh, I think it's a 14-day free trial, unless you're a Pandora, no, it's a one-month free trial, but if you are a current Pandora Plus member, which is the $5 a month, you get a six-month free trial. Oh, wow. Which I've never seen any service offer a six-month free trial. Apple did three months. They still do three months. Um, but yeah, six month free trial. So if you want to pay that $5 now in order to get six months free, you can do that. Yeah, that's very interesting. Okay, good. Well, all right. So that's Pandora premium. Now what's your, what's your funny Zoom story? Oh, my funny Zoom story. I I just got some of our podcast stats from our main GeekWire podcast. Okay. And we have had, can you guess how many uh, Zoom downloads we've had historically? Historically. So all throughout time. Yeah. Uh, I'd have to double check. Okay. We've, we've had. 794 downloads on Zune. What, since when? I, I, I'm i pretty sure it's all time. When so, did it start? Probably five years ago. Five years? I would imagine, yeah. Wow. I'll have to, I'll have to look into those numbers. It, it struck me, though, that Zune showed up in our stats. It's still relevant enough to show up in our stats. You're a little blown away. I, I mean... <laughs> What do we get? We're, so is we're that twenty like, miles away from Redmond? That's not even a hundred downloads. Of, of, I mean, <laughs> that's true. Wow! Out of the many that out of tens wow. and tens of thousands of downloads, per, yeah, and exactly. hundreds of thousands over the years. Right, <laughs> right. And then the way it's blowing up now that we've started yes. geared up. Exactly. But I mean, geez, geez. I mean, I, I don't know. Zune. Huh, I don't. I don't know. They messed up. They messed. Up. It was great. I thought the Zune was great. It was just that branding. Yes. The branding killed it. The device and the service were amazing. Horrible. Nice. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. Terrible. All right. So that's my Zoom story. Okay. Let's talk about these Amiibo that are in front of you. Amiibo. Yes. Do you, are you familiar with Amiibo, what these things do, I'm what familiar these things are? generally with the concept. All right. So we've got the Switch here. So I've been playing The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, as you know, as I've talked about many times. Um, and these Amiibo work really well with the game. And so I got a bunch of questions last time when we did the Nintendo Switch talking about the Switch, like, overview and review about Amiibo. What do they do? Are they worth it? Et cetera. So what I did was I brought in a bunch of the Legend of Zelda-specific Amiibo to kind of talk about what they do and how they work. So an Amiibo is a figure, collectible figure. It looks like a little toy, but there is actual functionality in these. So this is the Ocarina of Time Link. In the bottom, there's an NFC chip. You can't see it is embedded in there. Near field communications. Yes, and actually, when you buy them, I don't know if you can see in there. It's actually covered up. 
Hmm. So you can't buy this box oh. and then take your Switch into the store and try to <laughs> scan it. Or not buy the, not or, buy the box. Right, right, yeah. exactly. So um, <laughs> That would be quite a trick. Yeah, it, it would. So they, so they block it from being used unless you actually open it and tear that off the bottom there. So How much do these cost? These are roughly $13 each. Um, there's obviously some other, like this guy right here. What is that? This is, the, this is one of the enemies in The Legend of Zelda yeah. Breath of the Wild. This is the Guardian. I hate these guys. They're very annoying. This one is $20, and you can see it's, it's a lot bigger. So there is a lot of usage you can get out of these things, though. So when I'm playing Breath of the Wild, each one of these things you can scan once a day. Wow. So every 24 hours you can scan one. And let's say for this guy, it'll give you the horse. So you can go and find the horse yourself. But again, this world is so huge. And sometimes you can't even get, get to this place until you've like built up your stamina and everything. If you don't want to wait, you get this guy, you scan it, you get the horse right away. It just drops right into the screen. There's your horse. If you lose it, you scan it again tomorrow. You're fine. Nice. So, you know, a lot of these things, like this guy will drop some weaponry. So some new weapons that you don't get access to until later in the game, you can get right away this so each one gives you something special and unique in the game so this is an 8-bit link is that's 8-bit that link 8-bit yeah. link also he, he drops a bunch of food into there so the thing with this zelda game previously you would always have to find hearts so if you're dying you would go find a heart and it'll like right now you actually have to get food you have to like b find fish or like go hunting for like deer or whatever and then you have to cook the food so whenever some of these amiibo, when you scan them, just a bunch of fish just fall from the sky. Nice. And they just pick them up, and it's like, okay, I don't have to like spend 20 minutes fishing. I'm good for the rest of the day. And then can you go back and do it again the next day? Next day, yes. Wow. So okay. some people, they will get a whole bunch of these amiibo, and they'll scan them all. And then the next day, they'll do it again, even if they're not playing that day. They'll just keep the, i got to make sure I just go in and at least scan for today. And they'll have everything they need, basically, to like power through the game. So I know these are compatible both with the Wii U tablet yes. and with the Switch tablet. Yes. And the Nintendo 3DS. Gotcha. Is the experience different on the Switch? The experience is different because on the Wii U tablet, that's the only place on the Wii U where you can scan these guys. So the Wii U, there's only one tablet. And so if you're the one with the tablet, you're the one who can scan the, scan the Amiibo. With the Switch, the Amiibo reader is actually here on the left Joy-Con, on the right Joy-Con. Gotcha. So anybody who has a right Joy-Con can scan, and it also has a built-in NFC reader on the Pro Controller. Gotcha. So anybody who has a Pro Controller can also scan. So basically, if you have three people with a Pro Controller and one with the right Joy-Con, all four of you can use Amiibo at the same time versus on the Wii U, only one person can at a time. And so you have to kind of pass it around, or it's just not as good of an implementation. So here you're not limited to just using it in one place. Okay. So so yeah, so that's the Amiibo. Again, they're $12.99 per. Um, they're very detailed. They're very collectible. Some people buy them, leave them in the box. That's not what I do, obviously. I, I like it because if, a lot of times getting a new game can be pretty expensive. Yes. But this is nice because you can kind of upgrade your experience without doubling down on an entire new game. Right, right, exactly, yeah. And so, you know, some of these things unlock, They, like I said, they unlock things you might not get otherwise, or they just make it easier to get right. these things that would be very tricky or that you might not even, you know, that you might not even see in a game like Breath of the Wild because it's so huge. Like, I've been talking to people who are saying, you know, we'll ask, like, did you see this thing in this area? No, I, I totally missed that when I was there. Like, there's so much there that's easy to miss that, you know, it's nice to be able to use these collectibles, and they don't just work in that game. 
So, like, some of these, like, this was released when the, this was, like, one of the first Amiibo ever made. So this is, like, three years old. But any Amiibo that's related to the Zelda franchise will work in nice. this new game. Nice. So you don't have to go out and buy, like, the Breath of the Wild specific ones in order to use them. That's good. So, yeah. Good stuff. You guys been playing Breath of the Wild? Yeah, let's, Let let's us know. hear from the YouTube folks. Uh, we should say Paul on Facebook has a nice comment. He says, long-distance listener from Austin, Texas. Well, Love your there. show. Next year, y'all should do a live remote broadcast from South by Southwest Interactive yeah. Festival. You were just there. Let's I hear about it. I was just there. It. What I happened? Was just there. Okay, so I went down to South by Southwest um, to do some influencer stuff with Panasonic. So they sponsored me to come down there and kind of host some videos for them. Um, and it was very interesting. So first of all, when, when you get there and get off the plane, like you're immediately hot if you're from Seattle. Like it's just hot. But then it was super cold. It was raining, it was thunderstorming, and um, like the third day I was there, it was like warmer in Seattle than it was in Austin. It was crazy. So the one thing, though, is, I mean, here in Seattle, we're just used to there being Uber everywhere, Lyft everywhere, just everywhere, right? It's like water. You turn on the faucet, the water's always there. Right. You just go outside, there's Ubers everywhere. Yes. There is no Uber down there, and there's no Lyft down there. Apparently, there was some sort of legislation where they wanted like a more thorough or extreme background check on drivers and Uber and Lyft pulled out of Austin, which is, I mean, Austin, you would think Austin and Uber and like would go together perfectly, but they don't have it. So they actually have their own local um, ride sharing apps. One of them is called Ride Austin and the other one is called Fasten. I think there might be a third one, but I didn't use yeah. it. But they work very similar to the other ones. They're just like, I mean, does it really matter if it says Uber or not? It's like you open an app, you order a car, you put in a destination, the car shows up, you can track it, you pay from your phone. Um, but they failed spectacularly during South by Southwest. Horribly. Yep. And they promised before South by Southwest that this wouldn't happen. But it was like, when you're there and you see the amount of people, it's like, you just know, like, okay, this is going to be too much. Because these, when a company is overconfident like that, you know, one of them said, well, we had 12 times more requests at a time than we've ever had before. And I'm, and I'm like, I could have told you that would have happened. I could have told you right. you would have 12 times. I mean, obviously, it's South by Southwest. Of course that's going to happen. You should plan for 20 times. If you you know, if you know think you're going to get 10 times, don't plan for 10 times. Plan for 20 times. So not only was the app not working for the users, but the drivers in the cars, their apps were crashing. Oh, geez. So you're driving people around. Your oh. app crashes. Oh, I don't know where we're going now. Or you're just driving around aimlessly like, why is nobody requesting me? There's so many people here. <laughs> so, yeah, both apps failed um so what'd you Hardly. do? What'd you do? Walk? Walked a bunch. Yeah. Just walked a bunch. Or if you just kept trying, like I was I was standing on a corner in the rain with like a t-shirt on my head yeah, for like 20 minutes. We, ta- There's Taylor. Ta- yeah, Taylor had the same experience. Taylor couldn't get a ride. Taylor Soper on our team, he, he got absolutely killed for this post in the Why? comments. Uh, on Twitter, people were calling him uh, uh, like an elitist West Coast tech reporter. You're an elitist because you, you expect there to be an Uber. <laughs> You're an elitist. Okay, that would be I mean, like. Co- admittedly, this is a first world problem. The lack of it is uh, a very first world problem. But it, I mean, it would be like me saying, "Hey, I'm I'm mad that I ordered my McDonald's through my app, and when I showed up, it wasn't there." <laughs> like you, if it says it's going to work this way, it should work this yeah. way. It's not an elitist problem if I don't have my quarter pounder with cheese ready when they said it would be. So I actually had an extremely positive Uber experience over the weekend. Interesting. That Interesting. I that I wanted to tell you okay. about. So it ties Let right into about this. this. So my wife and I, when we have parents' night out and date night, I don't know if you, you do these things. No, as of well. course you got yeah, to. Yeah. So we we had a date night, and 
I've started, I, you know, just driving. It, you can't really have a conversation. True. I mean, you can, but it, you're distracted. You're, One person at least is distracted yeah, all the time. Yes. It's it's much nicer to just jump in an Uber. And, okay. and you know, we were headed up to the Queen Anne neighborhood where mm-hmm. it can be difficult to park. Oh, like certainly. Right on Queen certainly. Anne Avenue. So we got in an Uber. It was fantastic. We had the greatest talk on the ride over. We were saying, we got to do this all the time. It was okay. great. We get out. I walk into the restaurant and I realize I don't have my phone on me. I left Whoa. my phone in the Uber. Oh, no. So quick okay. quiz, and maybe the YouTube people can jump in or wow. the Facebook people can jump in. What would you do? What What do you do the moment you realize that you've gotten out of your Uber, the driver's driven off, and he's got your phone? Okay. Because I, I, and let so me tell you. two things. Okay, I, I came up with something, and I, I got my phone back. Okay. So, so what I would do. Yes. Okay, if I'm in your situation, yes. though. Yes. Hmm, I don't even know if this would work. But if I'm in your situation, I'd be like, okay, the person I'm with has their phone, mm-hmm. so I can use their phone to find my iPhone through the iPhone app. But that doesn't mean I can contact the actual car. So so I don't know. But if I was by myself and I didn't have someone with me, I don't know exactly what my first step would be. So I did have my wife there and I had her iPhone. So I grabbed it. I pulled up the Find My iPhone app. And I... Well, actually, no. The first thing I did was I called it from her phone. I called. I hope it. you Ubered to the other Uber. No, no, no. He's, so this was this was why it was such a positive experience. So I called it. He did not pick up. Okay. And so mm. then I thought, okay. So I got my I got the Find My iPhone app, and I sounded the alarm oh, on the okay. phone, so okay. he would know it was in the back seat. Okay. Because I'm sure it was on vibrate. Right, right, right. And then I called back again, and he picked up. <laughs> wow. And so I at this moment I'm feeling genius. Okay. You know. Yes. And. Yes. I, and so he had not gone far enough and not gone that far. He had not picked up another fare. And I said, can you just come back? And he's, and he did, he came back around. It took about five minutes, but he got back around. I gave him a pretty good tip. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. That is and nice. So I got my phone back. I, it was like ingenious. It was great. I really, I, yeah. Right. See, see, that is why you should have friends. Don't make fun of the kids who are super nerdy and techie when you're in school. And when you're an adult, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, try to wed someone who is as technically sound as Todd Bishop right here. Because that is not That's, something that the average person would think to do. Yeah. You know, because you know yeah. the technology, you know what it can do and how you can work around it to solve the problem. Fantastic. All right, good stuff. Until next time, it's Geared Up on GeekWire. I'm Todd Bishop. I'm Andrew Edwards. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to Geared Up, the weekly tech and gadget podcast. Check out more of Andrew's reviews at youtube.com slash gearlive and follow all of our coverage at geekwire.com.